Hey there, and welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradox podcast. I'm Frank Bart. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. We are a newlywed couple who like to shoot the shit about me. That we do, that we do. And this week, Scott introduced me to a movie that I had never seen. Scott, what, what have you watched today? So today we watched The Replacements. Released in 2000. Yes, it is. And it's very obvious that it was released in 2000. Yes, but it's still good. I, I, I had fun with it. It's a good football comedy. It's very cliched and uh, yeah. very of its time. A lot of sports movies, though, are... I kept getting reminded of other sports movies I had seen. There's really nothing um, new to be said in this movie. However, Keanu Reeves. Keanu's I mean, great. He's, he's adorable. Honestly, the There's whole... some funny, like, cute moments. The whole cast of characters is pretty fun. Yeah, no, it's perfectly it's a perfectly fun time. I actually made a list um, because as we were watching the movie, I started like noticing like things and being reminded of other movies that yes. came before it. <laughs> we'll get there, but I made a list of like cliches that I okay. that I noticed. Okay. Uh, for like the sports, I'm not a big sports movie gal myself, but. I've seen enough where I can recognize the cliché, so I thought I'd, I'd share some with you. Excellent! Number one is the quarterback and coach uh, are retired, and they're coming out of retirement. Yeah, it does happen quite frequently. To get back in the game. Um, next one I had was, oh, the line, uh, that's going to leave a mark when someone gets hit. Yep. <laughs> oh, son of a... That's going to leave a mark. There's a cheerleader thing like all of them can't dance for shit yeah and the the montage and yeah. awkward and i that reminded me of bring it on actually kind of but the the guy there's one player that like jumps on like tackles another player like too soon before they're supposed to and like goes crazy that's like a cliche oh use that use they use this twice that song that goes uh da 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 hey da 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 rock and roll yeah that I was like, oh, that's, that's a yes, thing. Yes, that's, well, it's played at stadiums. It's everywhere. And then, um, like, all the players on the team have, like, ragtag, and they have, like, quirks, and they're, like, yeah. so crazy, wild and crazy guys. That is true. Uh, that just reminded me of, like, Major League, for sure. And oh, yeah. And, like, the typical, like, big fights in the locker room. Yeah. And then, uh. Well, it's funny that you brought up Major League. This is the football version of, of Major, Major League. League. Yeah. Because Major League is... It reminds all me a the, lot of Major League. All the ragtag, oh, we just have to get these guys to fill this Cleveland Indians team. Right. Um, this is due to a strike in football. That's due to the uh, the owner of the Cleveland Indians wanting right, right. to make the team terrible. Yeah. And then, like, the end of this movie, I mean, we'll get there, but the end of this movie is, like, cliche of every sports movie I've ever seen. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely cliched. Even, like, I was looking up, like, uh, reviews and stuff for it. They're definitely mixed online. Um, but I saw one, Roger Ebert gave it a 2 out of 4 and said, and I quote, It's slap-happy entertainment painted in broad strokes, two coats thick. <laughs> I so... I can't say he's wrong. It's it's not... Yes, this isn't a deep movie. This isn't... No, a, it's definitely not. But, like, it's fun. This isn't meant to be one of those movies you sit there and you're like, hmm... What did that mean? You, you know, there actually, surprisingly, even though there are a lot of broad strokes, I feel like there's a couple of deep moments in here, too. 
Um, especially Falco's character. He's got a lot of those deep moments in time. Yes, Falco. Shane Falco, played by Keanu Reeves. And I read this on uh, IMDb. I'm not sure if it's actually true. But um, he apparently, like, they filmed this movie, like, in the stadium where, they, where the Baltimore Ravens play. Yeah. And apparently, he was offered a tryout with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know if that's true. It says it on IMDb, and the internet never lies. But <laughs> I, I think that's interesting. And uh, apparently, he gained, like, 23 pounds for the role. I'm not surprised. Well, you figure... beef up a little bit. Well, you figure between The Matrix, Bill and Ted... Keanu's not a muscular man, but he's got to take a beating in this movie. Right. So, you know, but he's one of those guys that's very, he throws himself into things. Like in The Matrix, he did all the martial arts training beforehand. Well, they did, like, the actors in this movie uh, went through, like, a three-week, like, football camp to learn, like, plays and techniques and stuff so they could do their own, like, football stunts. Yeah, because it's a lot. Um, But the real reason I wanted to show you this movie is I've seen this movie a lot. Mm. I've seen this movie... I could possibly quote this entire movie if I really wanted to. I laugh every time I watch this movie. It's definitely... It gave me a couple of chuckles. Like, I... It's one of those movies that, yes, I understand it's cliche. It's got a lot of things you've seen before in other sports movies. But I enjoy... I actually... I enjoy these characters. Like, I feel like if I grew up watching this, I would feel differently about it because it is, like, a fun movie. But, like, because I've seen so many sports movies at this point. Because, again, I'm not, like, a big sports movie person. But the sports, most of the sports movies I've seen have been, like, comedies as well. So, like, this is in that same vein. And I'm just, like, I know all the beats, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, actually, the first person who showed me this movie was my stepfather, Stephen Crowley. Ah. And uh, I always connect this movie to him. Steve-O. Steve-O. I actually bought Steve-O... A Shane Falco jersey for Christmas this year. Ah, yeah. And I sent it to him. So, uh, hope you're enjoying that jersey, Steve <laughs> <laughs> So, this movie was directed by Howard Deutsch, who has a, a varied career. He directed Pretty in Pink, but also directed My Best Friend's Girl. Do you know what that movie no. is? It's a movie with Dane Cook and the guy from American Pie. I do owe you an explanation. The reason that I didn't sleep with you is because you're not attractive. There I said it. Oh, Thank you, thank you so much, because you saved me from what could have possibly been the worst decision of my life, and I've eaten sushi in Tijuana. Ooh, one nothing. Oh, okay. Not good. <laughs> so he has a varied uh, filmography. Not Stifler, the, the main one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I forget his name. The guy that sucked his dick in the fire. Yes. It was written by Vince McEwen, um, but apparently there was also uncredited revisions to the script written by Mark Steven Johnson, who wrote the screenplay for such classics as Ghost Rider, Elektra, Daredevil, mm. and Jack Frost. <laughs> so, Which one? <laughs> the, the, the horror one movie or the... the, one with the oh, the oh, family one. Jesus Christ. Sorry, there's two. There's the horror movie and then there's the regular one. Mm-hmm. Look, I just saw something that doesn't belong in this world, and it's out there killing my friends. Now tell me what it is. Jack Frost. Uh, so yes, going into it, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but I do want to say, before we get into the nitty gritty, um, apparently this is, this, like, story is loosely, loosey-goosey based on the 1987 replacement Washington Redskins, who won all of their replacement games, and then the real Redskins returned for week seven and won the Super Bowl. And then 
none of the replacement guys got a ring until like 2018. Yeah, when they were like recognized for what they did. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it, yeah, it's got loose basings in that story. A also keep it. Washington's a mess. Oh God. Uh, they should change the name. The Redskins' name is not a good name. It's yeah, I would think it's not it's, great. <laughs> it's. They've been fighting for that name to be changed for a long time, but that's neither here nor there. Dan Snyder, you're an idiot. Okay, okay. moving on. <laughs> Do you, uh, should we get going? Should we dive into... The nitty-gritty? The, the nitty-gritty, as Frankie would like to say. So this movie starts with Keanu Reeves on his houseboat and some nice pop-punk playing. Oh, yes. You could tell immediately that it was from the early 2000s because it opens with, like, an alternative rock song. <laughs> and Keanu's on his houseboat. We love it. Cleaning, and, uh, at work, cleaning boats. He's a very handsome man. He is. He I, really is. Even now, he's so handsome. The man, the beard helped a little bit, but Overall, sure. he, he was he was still. I think he looked good, even with like baby face Keanu. He did there. look good, but I feel like as he got older, like he got really good looking. Mm. He hasn't aged too. I feel like is the problem. Yeah, not necessarily a problem, but you know. No, you know, <laughs> he's a vampire. Um, so he's cleaning off the houseboat, and he sees one of his old trophies that he threw into the river a long time ago, and he grabs the football off it and throws the football. Uh, and Frankie's at this point. That was like a weird, uh, yeah, I thought that was a weird scene. I'm like, what is he doing? You just, like, find a football, and that's, okay. He's reliving his glory days. Right, I get it, I get it. Uh, so, we find out that all the NFL is going on strike, basically. And the... No, I thought it was just that team. No, the whole, the whole the NFL. Oh, I thought it was just... The, no, everybody. The no, all the major players are going on strike. Because they bring it up on other occasions at certain teams. Like one team, oh, this team paid for a whole semi-pro team. Uh, and they bring up occasionally like certain players will cross the picket line. Mm-hmm. But we're focused on the Washington team. Because right. they're the main people. So the owner says, get me Jimmy McGinty. Get me Gene Hackman. Yes, He's the coach in all those sports yes, movies. He, he can fix this. He is uh, the uh, the owner who was played by Jack Warden. He plays the owner Edward O'Neill. He gets Jimmy McGinty, who he has a past with. Yeah, they have like this whole scene where they're like, you know, oh, what what are you gonna do? Fire me? Yeah, that wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, <laughs> they have this whole big. They have a past. He finally convinces Gene Hackman to that he to come back coaching this Washington team, and he can build whatever team he wants. That's basically all the intro you get to be all the intro you really need. And we start meeting the players. Woo. Uh, the first player we meet is Danny, played by John Favreau. Little baby face John Favreau. John Favreau, who has gone on to do... Everything. Everything. I mean, he just made the Lion King remake, but we won't hold that again. That's true. Oh no, it's a little lion! That is not a lion. Well then go check it out, what is that it? That is not a lion, it's a furry bird! But he also was... A big part of uh, the Mandalorian. John Favreau is an ex-cop, CIA, Army, Ranger. Psychopath. Yeah, who, like... Mentally ill, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> possibly. He's kind of a lunatic. He's a loose cannon. But they bring him on... He's got a lot of latent homosexual energy, I said. He's got a lot of angst. <laughs> 
Oh god! So we meet him. We meet the two guards, the uh, tw- the two brothers who pl- are playing the offensive line. Yes, one of them is played by Faze on Love, which okay. If yeah. you don't know who that is, remember the guy from Elf. Yes. It's like Santa's coming to town before Will Ferrell goes, Santa! Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! It's that guy. Yes. The he other... was in other stuff, too. He was in Friday, I think. Yes, he was. He's, he's like been that. in a lot. Yeah. Also, Michael Talaferro is the other one. Ah. Yes. They play the Jackson brothers, basically, who are, at this time, they were bouncers, and they let their guy get dragged away as they find out they're going to play football again. We also meet Nigel. Nigel Thornberry? No, not that Nigel. Aww. No Tim Curry? No, no Tim Curry. Thank God, no Tim Curry. Perhaps it's time once again for my patented Nigel Thornberry Call of the Seal. Okay, but uh, he's played by Reese Ifen. Yes, he is. Uh, Nigel, and he also has a lot of uh, other stuff. He played... The villain is Little Nicky. He did. He played Lizard in Amazing Spider-Man. He did. Which wasn't great. No. And, uh, he played uh, Luna Lovegood's dad in Harry Potter. So he will also be returning when we do the Harry Potter series. Nice. He, he is uh, from Wales. He's Welsh. He's... He ain't a Mick. He's Welsh. Yes, because that comes up. And he's the kicker. The sassy kicker. We love a sassy kicker. <laughs> uh, we also meet Clifford Franklin in this montage. Orlando Jones, who, in this scenario, in the let's compare everything to Major League scenario, he's Wesley Snipes. Yes, he is. Uh, he's the dime store Wesley Snipes. He is uh, Willie Mays Hayes. On the football field. On the football field. Say hey! Willie Mays Hayes here. Play like Mays, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, he has all the speed, but can't catch a football. Yeah. Wasn't Willie Mays' Hayes thing that he was really fast, too? He's... <laughs> Yes, he was really fast. He ah, was. He's Maze Hayes. <laughs> you may run like you. You may run like Maze, but you play like shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, and then we get introduced, and then he goes, "Okay, who's gonna be our quarterback?" Shane Falco. Dun, 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 dun. Shane Falco. And he goes, "Falco, he hasn't played since like the Sugar Bowl, because that comes up a lot yeah, in this movie." Sugar Bowl. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. Uh, I don't know anything about sports. So, uh, Sugar Bowl is a college football, one of the college football championships. There used to be four of them. And, uh, yeah, the Sugar Bowl is a game that, one of the big championship games. Finally, we, Gene Hackman and Keanu meet. And, uh, they mentioned, again, mentioned the Sugar Bowl, how, you know, how, uh, how much did you lose that game by? Uh, 40? He goes, yeah, 45. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it is. He got his ass kicked in that game. And Gene basically convinces Falco to come back to the team. To, to join the Washington team. Fine. So now if we go... Again, this, we're meeting this whole cast. This is this is kind of a quick little like succession here. We, we get to the first practice. We meet uh, Brian Murphy. I love Brian Murphy. Okay, so... He's played by David Denman. This is his film debut in this movie. He uh he played the dad in Brightburn, which we haven't seen yet. No, but it's on our, our list of yes. things to watch. Uh, but he also plays, you know, have you ever, you've watched The Office, right? Yes. He plays Pam's boyfriend in oh, like, okay. the beginning before yeah. she gets with Jim. 
Uh, he's kind of a dick in that, but he's really good in this. He plays uh, a football player, and he's he's deaf, and that's like a joke yes. in the beginning. Like, how am I supposed to communicate with this guy? He's deaf. He's like, he's a damn good football player. You just gotta learn. To, you know, you gotta communicate. You got sign. Uh, but he was so cute. He yeah. was like the cutest. Yeah, he he's a lot he's a lot of fun in this movie, and it's actually funny because I usually you don't see a lot of like deaf representation in this movie. I'm not saying he's actually deaf because he's not. Right, but, but no, that's true. It's like you don't. I mean, generally in in movies, you don't see a lot of blind or like mute. any disability. Like you know, it's when it's represented in a positive way, it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's not like he his deafness is like it's not played for laughs. Like it's not like a joke. Like. You know, it, it's not like they, oh, they're doing a play and, like, he gets turned around and can't, doesn't know what's going on. Like, oh, oh, that's, you know, that's Murphy. He can't hear no. what's going on. No, it's like, it's played seriously. Yeah. Like, the asshole in the movie who we'll get to, he makes fun of him all the time for it. But the team's like, what, you know, like, yeah. sticking up for him all the time. Yes. Yeah. But he's a good football player. Yeah, Hackman even says at the one point he goes, he would have gone in the first round. If he could hear. Yeah. You know? Because he's, he's got talent. So we meet him. He's, he's generally... He's one of the best parts of this entire movie. Uh, we meet Jumbo. Jumbo. <laughs> Fucking crazy. That was funny. Jumbo is... a sumo wrestler. Is a sumo wrestler. Played by Ace Yonamini. Yonamene. Yonamene. Let's go with that. Ace Yonamene. Who did try to be a sumo wrestler. He's from Hawaii. Cool. Uh, he plays Jumbo in this. He's a big dude. Oh, yeah. He's a big... A he's big a big Jumbo man. He's a biggin'. Uh, <laughs> I can say that as a guy who used to be a biggin'. Uh, so he goes to the sled, uh, and he, like, crushes the sled. That's another thing that always happens. The sled gets knocked over on a Oh, coach. yeah, yeah. That, that's true. That's a cliche that happens a lot in football movies. Uh... Him and Nigel go at it a little bit, and Nigel's a little bit of a dick. Yeah, Nigel literally, I'm like, in the beginning of this movie, all he does is just, like, walk around the field. Like, he's not even, like, training or doing anything. He's just walking around the field, like, making nasty comments to people. I'm like, is this all he does? <laughs> She's just sassy. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, yeah, he, he makes a joke about, uh, he goes, oh, that'll do, pig. Oh, yeah. And he goes, fuck you. And he goes, you yeah, have to find and your, your dick, dick first. first. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's funny. Um, oh, so, we get all that, um, oh. Oh, and then they get the guy, the prison guy. Yes, uh, we get Which, Wilkerson. okay, the implications of this are horrible. <laughs> let's talk about this. Yes, let's talk about Wilkerson. Okay, so the, this guy, you know, they, they do this thing where they, the guy gets off the prison bus or whatever, and he's in his orange jumpsuit, and they uncuff him or whatever, and they're like, okay, they've released you to us for the next five weeks to play football, so... You behave yourself. <laughs> like, um, okay, do they release people from prison to play football? I don't think they do that. And even if they did, what if he, like, murdered someone in those five weeks? Bitch, you'd be getting sued. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and they, they bring it up on occasion, uh, but he's an ex. And, and they hide it. From, like, the public, that would never fucking happen. Yeah, they named him Ray Smith. That shit would fucking get out, like, within five seconds. Well, especially because it's... They bring it up at one point, uh... While they're eating lunch at one point, because, uh... They bring it up that he was an ex-NFL player who got arrested for getting into a fight with a couple of cops. Mm -hmm. So, 
his face would be known. Right. <laughs> you couldn't hide the man's yeah, face. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There's a couple of, like, plot holes in this that really don't make sense. <laughs> but we accept it because movie. <laughs> yeah. So, they're worried that Falco isn't going to show up, but Falco's in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. He's there. He gets out of his car, and we meet Martell and the crew of... Of, like... Football players that are, are on, on strike. strike. Which, okay, they're apparently they're mad at the scabs, that's what they call them, like yes. the replacement guys, because they took our jobs. Um, no. N- no. <laughs> you walked away from your job. What did you expect? What, what did you think was going to happen? Well, in, okay. They didn't do anything wrong. It's, it's, a, it's a tough line. I understand the whole scab thing. And this doesn't, this, this movie does look bad on the players. But you also have to look at it in the same breath. Especially nowadays, you look back at this movie and all the things like players deal with afterwards and like right. injuries and like. But the the thing is, though, the players, including this guy uh, Mart Martel, yes, Martel, who's played by Brett Cullen, um, he like he's not striking because like all you know for any like decent reason. He's he already makes millions of dollars. He's fucking rich as fuck. He just wants to make even... He's just greedy as fuck, and he wants to make even more yes, money. Yes, he, he is greedy as fuck, but also in the same breath, if you look at the NFL as a whole, mm-hmm. is a billion-dollar organization. The owners make hundreds of millions of dollars, while the other players make... Some make 500000 others make a couple million. Oh, but baby. I'm just saying in the same... You know, and, but the owners don't, you know... They don't forget their family at 48 when they can't think anymore. Hmm. But no, Martell's an asshole. This is a, also way before any of the player rights shit started yeah. really coming out. You know. Like, then, then we get Keanu. Yes, but we get so we get Keanu. He gets his car flipped over, and he go. He's like, okay, whatever, and he he walks into the stadium. And then we get the sexy fucking Shane Falco entrance. With the floppy hair running in the breeze, with the smoke behind him, sexy. That's yeah. kind of a cliche as well. Oh yeah, the the, the hero has yeah, the smoke yeah. edge. That's like a more. That's not even just a sports cliche. That's yeah, a, it's just like a movie. That's cliche. a hero cliche. Yeah. The hero comes in, smoke behind him. He Frankie's like, yo, Falco looks sexy as fuck. He does. He's not. She's not wrong. I can't. Hey, deny I like football players. What can I say? That is true. Uh, so, they start getting into the practice, and, uh, immediately, Shane is hit by Danny. I just want to hit the red like a bull! <laughs> <laughs> Danny hits Shane twice this practice, like, wrecks him. Oh, shit! I forgot about the whole red shirt thing. This game's confusing, man. Remember, red means stop. Like a streetlight, right? <laughs> Red means stop. I know, like a stoplight, right? <laughs> Good. That's literally how he sounds. <laughs> At one point when he tackled him, he got like so in Shane Falco's face. I thought he was like, did they want to make out? Like, what's going on? I thought like, I was like, oh, late. That's why I said latent homosexual tension. I was like, he's a little angry. Uh, I'm <laughs> just, life. You know what? I'm just going to show you movies with just random latent homosexuality throughout all of them. This <laughs> uh, Predator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Predator for sure. <laughs> that handshake, though. Dylan! You son of a bitch. 
<laughs> I doesn't even, I was talking more about. I'm just. We're just gonna keep. I know, but I'm just gonna keep putting in the handshake. Oh god. I know you wanted to put it in. You. Uh, we're gonna make a goal to put it into every podcast we can. Everyone. <laughs> every. For pod- some reason, we're gonna find a way to put the fucking predator handshake in there. You son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Anyway. I was talking more about Jesse the Body and, uh... Oh, yes, Jesse the Body and his... Yeah, no, they for sure, yeah. they No, they were in love. Yeah, no, he's just mad because being a cop, because the guy's a cop and, like, being, like, a, you know, manly man, he's, you know, blatantly homosexual. Blatantly. Very um, late. Uh, he takes it out on his fellow teammates by tapping them into the dirt. Yes, <laughs> that's my backstory. <laughs> backstory. So this now, so now we get a little like other. We get uh, Falco. No, this is the head cheerleader, Annabelle. Ah, uh, yes, who's played by Brooke Langton. Uh, she's done a lot of TV mostly. Like she's not really a, a big actress now, but I know her from season eight of Supernatural. She was in an episode. I recognize her immediately, oh which is kind of sad. I know. Okay, guys. I literally can recognize. I can. I see commercials. I see like movies, like two bit players in movies, and I know immediately if they've been on Supernatural. Immediately. It, it's without fail. She knows. Yeah, and I know who they are. I know their character name. Stop it! Get some help. And I probably know what episode they were in. That is, yeah, pretty much on the spot. So uh, now we get another kind of like montage um we get the this is where we get the cheerleader montage oh yeah this this is like this gave me uh bring it on vibes a little bit but it was yeah it was really awkward a bunch of fucking humdingy fucking crazy ass bitches doing like weird dances uh and tackle, tackle. <laughs> uh, other yeah we're gonna play a couple of these uh let's hear it for the quarterback hey hey ho ho could anyone play better say say no, no. Tackle, 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 tackle. Tack, tack, tack. Show those other boys what they lack, lack, lack. It was funny. Uh, one of my favorites is, uh, slash them, slash them. Come down, smear their blood all over town. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's insane. And we also, we had some fights over Chinese-Japanese. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. This is where I I got like the reminder like the, well that scene and the scene where Jumbo is eating eggs reminded yeah. me of that guy from Major League that eats the chicken. Oh, uh, Serrano. Yeah, reminds me reminded me of that guy. Yeah, I, I can see that a little bit. Um, but yeah, so we got the argument over Chinese Japanese. Uh, we also it's the same thing. No, it's, oh, it's not. not. <laughs> you're, you're two different countries. Uh, and then <laughs> uh, the and then he, he calls uh. Nigel, oh, a Mick, a Mick. He goes, "I'm bloody Welsh." What ever? <laughs> and you're white. <laughs> That's all that matters. And they they get they separate. Uh, we also get a funny little. Uh, we get a funny interaction with Wilkerson, Danny, and uh, Clifford Franklin. Oh yeah, because Clifford Franklin recognizes the guy from jail. Yeah, Wilkerson. So he's like, oh, oh, you went to jail for fucking beating up a couple of cops. Oh, and then he's like, Wilkerson puts, the a, Wilkerson puts a knife to his face. And he goes, allegedly. But then he starts talking shit about cops. And Danny's sitting right there. And he's like, 
a cop. And he's like, oh, look, bunk cake. And he runs away. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds like a fucking Nickelodeon cartoon. Like, that's that's a joke that would come out of a Nickelodeon show. It is. It's not a great joke. But we also get uh, a little scene of Cochran, who is the religious guy of the team. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that's another cliche, is anytime there's a group of guys. Yeah. Usually this is a military cliche. Mm-hmm. But there's always the the God-fearing, you know, guy. And he talks about how he played one game in the NFL, tore his knee up, and never scored. And that's all he wants to do is score a touchdown. Foreshadowing. Ooh. Uh, so, we've, now we've met pretty much everyone we need to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we do their first game. Well, we get... Uh, Oh, yeah, sorry. Two more characters, real quick. Annabelle meets uh, Heather and Dawn, I believe. Yes, Heather and Dawn. The, oh, God. The strippers uh. who work on Pussycats and hires them immediately. That's all you need to know. Because they need cheerleaders, apparently, because the cheerleaders are also strike too. I don't know. Yeah, that's not how that works, but okay. So Again, doesn't really make sense, but whatever movie, let's, let's go. <laughs> uh... So, we get, uh, Annabelle drives Falco home. Oh, yes, because his car got fucking flipped, flipped over. over. Yeah. Uh, she drives Falco home, and she drives like a maniac. Right, yeah, she's crazy a little bit. But we get the whole, the rom-com thing of, uh... I don't date football players. That reminded me of Happy Gilmore when the girl was like, I don't date golfers. And he's like, well, good, because I'm a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it's, it's, again... Common cliche, and he goes, "What about well, what about quarterbacks?" She goes, "Especially quarterbacks." <laughs> um, well, because usually they're the biggest of all the cunts. Yeah. So, uh, Falco's at the stadium the night before the game, and him and Gene Hackman have a uh, nice little back and forth about how they're nervous. They're ducks on a pond, as he as he puts it. Oh yeah, Gene Hackman's all about the speeches. He is. He has a lot of them. But it's a good little speech, because I, I mean, actually... he basically... He had a pretty easy gig this this movie. He just had to, like, show up, say some flowery coach shit, and go home. Yeah, he didn't do anything real big or special. But a duck on a pond, everything's calm on the surface while their little legs are going crazy underneath the water. I like it. I, f- I think it's a... I like that little saying. I've used it before. <laughs> After watching this movie. <laughs> uh, so, yes, now we get to game one. Where Jumbo was eating eggs in the locker room. That was disgusting. I literally wanted to vomit. <laughs> yeah. He's just like shoving his face with hard boiled egg. Uh, He's like, I'm trying to beef up, coach. <laughs> He's trying to beef up. Uh, the game starts, and immediately there's fighting in the in the huddle. Oh yeah, I'm like, are you guys? I, I'm watching, and I'm like, is this for real? Like, you guys are in the NFL right now, and you're fucking around talking about... They started to fight because fucking Faison Love was, like, in the huddle, and he's like, you're in my spot, Jumbo. And Jumbo's like, well, what the fuck? I'm just standing here. And they're, like, fighting over that, and they started pushing each other. I'm like, what are you guys And they fucking, fucking knocked Falco old? to the floor. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Well, how embarrassing. Uh, so, that immediately leads... They lose the ball uh, on a fumble. This leads to Danny basically destroying the other team's quarterback. Oh yeah, well that's that that was the water boy thing when he yeah. like 
fucking jumped on him too soon. And I was like, <laughs> water boy. Stop making fun of me. Wow. Damn. That is is straight out of the water boy. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> water. Uh, so. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> Sorry. I keep thinking. This is why, like, this movie for me wasn't like. I mean, it was fine, but, like, I kept getting reminded of movies that were better. <laughs> that came before it. I, I, I understand. Again, you've seen some of these before. Uh, we get. Now we get back to the offensive huddle and Jumbo pukes. They literally showed it too. It was so like chunky and ugh. Uh, Jumbo pukes, and they're like, oh god, oh okay. And then Clifford pukes because Jumbo puked. <laughs> and then they all like, like cuddle together, like arm in arm. And like, okay, everybody move to the left. <laughs> it's like the Fred Flintstone, like tiptoe. It is. Over to the side. It's really and they just funny. keep going. I thought they were gonna like go off into the fucking like side of the thing. I was like, where? Okay, stop. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, we get to uh, Nigel kicks his first field goal, Woo. and Danny comes onto the field and beats up Nigel. <laughs> yeah, that's Danny's thing, apparently. Yeah, Danny likes beating up people. Beats people up. Uh, and like, good job, good job. <laughs> like, holy shit! This whole game is also every game is narrated by uh, uh, John Madden and his cohort at the time, who I can't remember his name right now, but it doesn't really matter because. But John Madden goes. You know, there's a rule in sports: don't do anything great if you can't handle the congratulations. There is. Yep. Yeah, and the other guy's like, "Is that really a saying?" He's like, "Sure." <laughs> Uh, so this leads to, at the end, they're coming back, they're almost about to, they could possibly win the game, uh, Hackman calls a play that if Falco executes, they possibly could win, but Falco gets scared, and, uh, fucks, and they end up losing the game. And, you know, Hackman goes, you have to believe in yourself, you need to have heart, so, they well, lose. heart. Miles and miles apart. <laughs> uh, so this leads. So th yeah, this is the part where I actually like started. Actually, like this is a scene that I like. Yes. So uh, they're drinking in the bar, uh, Nigel's bar. They're kind of upset, you know. And uh, Martell and his cronies walk in, all like, "Ha ha, you guys are suck." And uh, then he starts making fun of Murphy. Yeah, he starts making fun of Murphy. Uh, because Murphy's deaf, and Falco stands up immediately. Yeah. Keanu's the man. Keanu's the man, Keanu steps up, uh, and Martell fucking throws a fist at Falco. And oh, yeah, well, tell him what he said, because he wrote, because, uh, oh, yeah. Danny, Murphy wrote on a, a napkin and gave it yes. to Shane. Yes. And Shane go and, like, you know, Martell's like, oh, what did he say? And Shane goes, what, what did he say? He said, he said, the good thing about being deaf, it makes it easy. Oh, it to makes it easier to ignore the assholes. And then, and then Murphy points at Martell and <laughs> does the sign for asshole. <laughs> and then, for some reason, after that, Martell punches Shade. But I guess he feels like he had to because if he punches a deaf guy, yeah, he, really... he looks worse. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, 
Shane, like, stops the fight for a second, and he goes, Danny, and they cut, they cut past the crew, and Danny's sitting there drinking at the door, and he goes, yeah, you remember what I said about red shirts? He goes, yeah, forget about it. And then he punches <laughs> He punches Martel. Big bar fight starts. Big bar fight. Everybody's in the fight. Everybody's, like, fighting, except Clifford Franklin, who's hiding behind the jukebox. Um, but then, uh, the fight, you know, gets crazy, and then somehow only the Sentinels, the replacement Sentinels, end up in jail. to jail. Which was also, that was a good scene, too. I like that scene. Yes, so we get to the jail scene, and, uh, they're, you know, they're like, we kicked their ass, you know, and Cliff Franklin goes, yeah, we definitely did. We all did, we all fought well. And Danny goes, oh yeah, you're the man, Clifford Franklin. You're the man. He goes, <laughs> and he goes, what, what? And he goes, you are hiding behind the bloody jukebox. <laughs> but um, and, then he just gets, like breaks into uh, singing. Because before in the bar, like before everything went down, he played uh, I, I Will Survive. Survive on the jukebox. And everyone was like, oh, shut the fucking song. So at, like when they're in the jail and they're like picking on him, he turns around and starts like singing like lyrics to yes. the song. Amen. At first, I admit I was afraid. Shit, I was petrified. You were petrified? Thinking I could never live without you by my side. The Lord is by your side. Have mercy. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. You were petrified? Thinking <laughs> 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 I could never live without you And so he gets, the whole team starts dancing. Yeah, they start dancing, like this chore like choreographed thing. It's actually really cute. And uh, so Gene Hackman walks down the stairs. And they stop, and then Murphy's still going because he can't hear that they stop. Everyone stop. They can't hear. It's so funny. And that was funny. Gene goes, okay, if I hear anything else like this bar fight again, there's no place for any of you on the team. But God, I would love to be there to see Martell get his ass kicked. <laughs> he gets them all out of jail. So then they show up to practice. The they show up to practice the next day. And... Shane pulls up, and Martell and his cronies are there again, and they flip Shane's car again. Shane's walking away like, whatever, and both guards walk up, and they're like... Oh yeah, the, the brothers. The brothers walk up, and they're like, we, we protect our quarterback. Oh yeah, that, that was crazy. I wasn't expecting that, because I thought it was just going to be like, because phase on love... Go, like, points to a random car on the lot, and he says to Martell, is that your car? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then I thought he was, they were just gonna go over and flip his car, but no, fucking face on love, pulls out a gun, <laughs> and starts shooting at his car! And I'm like, holy shit! Did you shoot at the car? Oh, oh, God! And the guy goes, holy shit! What the fuck? You son of a bitch! Son of- Oh, son of a bitch. Oh, I'm a son uh -oh. of a bitch? Son of a bitch! Hey, stop, stop! Stop! Son of a bitch! Oh, that was great. Son of a bitch! I'm a son of a bitch! Oh, okay. <laughs> he shoots the fucking side window. <laughs> like, help me put the car back over! Oh my god, that was great. That was great. Uh, so they all walk into practice. There's a little throwaway line that I, everyone misses this line, but I find it hysterical. The coach going, "If anyone has any firearms, they need to turn them in immediately." <laughs> and everyone's like. <laughs> Like laughing, <laughs> rolling around. Uh, then we get a little uh, a thing about fears. Oh yes, yeah, so we get another 
quintessential, uh, you know, Gene Hackman coach speech kind of thing. Uh, and nobody's taking it seriously. Yeah, they're like, I'm afraid of spiders. And bees. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the bees. <laughs> the bees line is great. Because they're like, can we get away from the spiders? And the other, uh, phase on, the other guard goes, bees. And everyone goes, bees? <laughs> <laughs> Beads. Bees. <laughs> the rest is not And, uh, finally Shane goes quicksand. And uh, Clifford's making, like, a big joke of it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's scary, motherfucker, you know? And Gene Hacking goes, that's not really meant. He doesn't mean actual quicksand, you fucking moron. <laughs> uh, so... But that was a good speech. I liked... That was one of the speeches that I actually liked. Because, like, so many of them are, like... You could just, like, literally pull the lines out of a hat and, like, make up a fucking... Yes. You know, sports movie speech oh, thing. Yeah. But, like, that one... Like... It was at least a little different. You're playing. And you think everything is going fine. But then one thing goes wrong. And then another. And another. And you try to fight back. But the harder you fight, the deeper you sink. Until you can't move. You can't breathe. Because you're in over your head. Like quicksand. I honestly thought this was deep, but this also adds to the whole thing about the sugar bowl and how he, everything yeah, went yeah, wrong yeah. and his life kind of... Yeah. And no matter how much he fought against it, his life just kept going deeper and deeper. Yeah, maybe that's why I liked it, because it's more, like, specific to the character, because usually, like, sports, like, movie speeches are, like, very vague and, like, you know... Win one for the get get Right, yeah. Um, but you gotta have heart! <laughs> miles and miles of heart! Well, the shame was the hardest. We'll get there. Uh, so, this leads us to the second game. Game two. Of, game uh, Shane gets sacked, like, immediately by this big hulking guy. And the next play, Shane goes, let him through. <laughs> I wanna fuck him up. And so Shane does. He fucking pegs him in the head with the ball. And, uh, Jumbo catches the ball and starts running towards the end zone. And Big Jumbo scores a touchdown. And John Madden goes, I love to see a fat guy score. Because then you get a fat guy spike and a fat guy dance. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, and them yelling at Jumbo, like, Get on his back! <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, like, there's two fucking huge guys on his back, but he's still, like, going. He's a big man. Uh... This also leads to, we get the, the cheerleaders doing sexy dancing. Oh yeah, that was fucking weird. And all the, the opposing team, the whole opposing team looks to like the side looking. like, Get those girls to stop shaking their ass for two, two minutes. minutes! Two minutes! They, don't you, what do you mean you're calling a foul? That girl slapped the other girl in the ass! Oh, <laughs> it's, oh god. Uh, uh, we get, finally they, at towards the end of this game, Nigel hits a huge field goal, and John Madden goes, Is he smoking on the field? Because oh <laughs> Nigel's fucking smoking a cigarette. Yeah. But they win the game. They win game two. And, uh... Yay. Falco goes, basically, to Annabelle's bar. Oh, yes. Well, they had a scene before this where she came to, like, oh, the yeah. houseboat, and, like, they were chatting and kind of, like, flirting a little bit, and she gave him, like, like this 
cream or whatever for his like bruises and stuff. Yeah. And she basically like she likes him like clearly because she's like you know oh you're you're the only quarterback I know of that doesn't think about himself all the time. <laughs> you're cute. Oh look at those arms. Oh you're sexy. You're Keanu Reeves. Oh. Well. Give me the red pill. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so they're definitely flirty. And she tells him, like, oh, I work at this bar. Like, come in one day. I'll give you a drink. But she actually owns the bar. So he ends up going to the bar and seeing her. This is where we get to the connection between uh, our two movies. If you don't remember, uh, last week we mentioned that the last movie we watched was Moulin Rouge, and this movie had a, a loosey-goosey connection, which made us want to do them together. Uh, and this is it. Uh, they both feature prominently songs by the police. They do. <laughs> we were talking about it in the car one day. Uh, I, I think I started it when I brought up Roxanne from Moulin Rouge, and then you were like, oh, well, what about the, what about the replacements? I'm like, oh, I've never seen that. So then we were like, ah, so we figured let's do it yes. on the show. Um, this song is Every Breath You Take. Yes. So. This song in the bar, uh, Every Breath You Take, is very prominent. It's a very cute theme. I like it. They have their first kiss. He's like, you know, they flirt or whatever, and he's going to an away game. He's like, can I see you when I get back? He's like, sure. And then he kisses her on the cheek, and he goes to leave, and he stops dead in the door. And then the music gets louder, and he turns around, and they're just like, staring at each other and they just walk towards each it's a very it's cute it's a very cute moment and at one point as they're walking towards each other oh they, yeah they yeah. fast forward to the game they're like john they're watching the game on the tv well, so the announcing is yeah no. that that what's happening oh, i thought that's what it was no no no, no. john madden starts announcing the next game but it's a play like falco is making the kiss yeah, to yeah, yeah. what do you do here john you go for it Pat. you have to but Falco's been shut down by this defense all afternoon. But, uh, yeah, then they kiss, and they have this kiss, and it's, it's nice. It, it's very cute. It's very funny. Uh, I love them going, like, Shane Falco's been stopped by this defense all day. <laughs> <laughs> we got one shot to get it back in the game. In goes Falco! In goes yes, Falco! Falco! Touchdown! <laughs> that was cute. Um, so, now we're into game three. And, uh... They're coming back from, they're losing again, and Shane throws a pass to Clifford Franklin, and Clifford Franklin drops the pass, because that's Cause what... Because he sucks. Yes, Clifford Franklin drops all the passes. So, Hackman <laughs> takes him to the sideline, and puts Stickum on his hands. Which, I mean, is cheating. Yes. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we don't address that at all. But they're, <coughs> but as he says, what are they going to do, putting you in football, Jared, they're replacement players. The whole fact is, all these guys are going to... But it's cheating. You're all, cheating. All these guys are going to be gone in two games anyway. But you're cheating to win the game, and then you go further and get to the... Like, that's cheating. You it, can't do that. It is, but... Oh, well? <laughs> in this situation? What's that guy's name that did the, the ball and did the... Flattening of the ball. The Tom Brady. The yeah. Tom, it's Brady Gate. It's Brady Gate all over again. <laughs> it's, it's flat ball gate all over again. Anything scandalous has to have gate at the end. It's Stickum Gate. It's Stickum Gate. It's Orlando Jones Gate. 
<laughs> we want Wesley Snipes. <laughs> so Clifford Franklin's like, I look like I jacked off an elephant. You do. Because he's got all the stick on his hands. Uh, <laughs> Shane throws him ball. He catches the ball. And like they know that's that's a big thing either. When they t- he catches the ball, yay touchdown, hooray! And then they go to take the ball back from him, the refs, and like it's sticking to his hands. So obviously the refs can see that he's cheating, and he doesn't say anything. It doesn't make any sense, Scott. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's not okay. I demand. Real reality in my football movie. Silence! Justice! <laughs> yes, concussion. CTE. Yeah. Uh, so they go for two. They uh, Clifford Franklin again catches the ball. Shane almost threw a pick, but it came down to the unsure hands of Clifford Franklin. Uh, they Washington wins the game. They can go to the playoffs if they win next week. So now they go to the locker room, and Falco like, goes... Clifford Franklin's the real hero today, and he walks away. Oh, Clifford yeah, Franklin gets weird. a speech. Clifford Franklin's the only one catching the ball. <laughs> yeah, he was being like a creep. And then fucking, they turn to, what's his name, Nigel, and he's just standing there in his underwear, like, hello. <laughs> and the girls slow the fucking announcer lady's like, alright, we got it, we, I gotta go. <laughs> so, now Gene Hackman gets called up to O'Neill's office, and he goes, Martell's crossed the picket line. So, Mm-hmm. Falco's done. Which, okay, was kind of bullshit because he made a whole, McGinty made a whole fucking stink in the beginning saying, like, I'll do this, but I don't want you interfering with my coaching or my players. I want you to let me pick who I want to pick to play, yada, yada, yada. And I want it in writing. And the guy's like, okay. Well, and then that happens and he doesn't even well, say, I, we have a contract. Like, well, in the, sa- in the same breath, he... Hackman's about to walk out. Hackman's leaving, and he goes, there are only 21 other players, or technically there's supposed to be a lot more than that, but I'll let that slide. There'll be 21 players who will be disappointed when you're not there to coach them. So you're laying down 21 other people by just protecting Falco. So he gives in, and he's like, okay, Shane, Martel Cross. It's over, unfortunately. He was, like, in the field, like, practicing, and he was, like, ready to go, and McGinty came in and was like, you got, you're done, sorry. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, this is one of the points, though, I feel like Keanu doesn't get enough credit. There are a lot of times where, yes, he's very kind of, like, deadpan face, but I feel like in this movie, he, he like, you could tell his heart is broken here. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's hurt here. Like I, you know, I like Keanu as an actor. I think he's fine. I mean, he's not, like, you know, amazing, like. He's, but he's good. He always seems to hold his own, usually, anyway. But I, I, I just, I feel it here. Like, when you get, like, Bill and Ted, and then, like... Well, yeah, Bill and Ted's, like, silly, though. But you get that, you get, uh, The Matrix, Matrix you get... Matrix, yeah. The Matrix, I mean, the writing doesn't really help him much. I, mm-hmm. think. I think when he's in the right movie, he can really shine. I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, she was in great pain. Then we cut off her head and drove a stick to her heart. And burned it, and then she found peace. Doctor! Please. It's just... <clears throat> I, I feel for him here. And so he goes, and uh, immediately after he leaves the stadium, he goes to his team who's celebrating. They just won that game. They're really excited, you know? Oh, yeah. You gotta just tell the Murphy scene with Murphy and the stripper. <laughs> Every- <laughs> Murphy is, like, across the room, and he's signing to the stripper. That like, she's beautiful. That she's beautiful. She's got a pretty face. 
And then the stripper line, like, mimes back to him, like, I want to suck your cock. And Murphy's like, what? He's like, okay. Oh, and he <laughs> like, runs, runs over there. <laughs> it's so cute. He really is cute. He's, like, adorable. He's, like, my speaker favorite besides Shane in this movie. He, he did an amazing job in this movie. And, uh, honestly, I was trying to think of another movie. Like, Quiet Place is the only other movie I can think of with, like, death representation. I mean, yeah, there's other movies, but, like, I feel like, this movie that do it in well. particular, yeah. Like, this movie, it, like, that's, I mean, it's his identifier, I guess, that he's, like, the deaf guy. But at the same time, it's not, like, used to, like, define who he is as a character. Like, he, you know, he's a good football player. He's not just the deaf guy. Like, yeah. he's, you know, he's, they gave him other stuff to do. Yeah. They could have easily gone. They could have made it a big fucking joke and, like, yeah. shit on him basically, the whole time, but, like, it made him, like, the brunt of every joke, but they didn't. You know, so, uh, now Falco shows up, Nigel offers him a drink. Sorry, just before you get yeah. there. Are there any, like, deaf football players? Yes, there is actually one. Um, Currently, or former? I think he's a, well, he's a free agent right now, so, yeah, he's, he's technically former. Uh, his name's Derek Coleman, he was a fullback for the Seattle Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. Oh, so he's a Super Bowl yes. winner. Ah, cool, cool, cool. See, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, but yeah, so there are, there was, um, there's also currently a player who has one hand. Uh, oh yes, I've Shaquille I've Griffin, seen I believe yeah. him, him and his brother. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really like when you see like these guys who. Unfortunately, you know, something's happened to them in their past, or they were born that way, you know? Yeah. It's it's good to see them succeed in this. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, it's very inspiring, too. Like, you know, especially for people that have disabilities, it's an incredible thing. There are people that, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, like, there are people who are considered, quote-unquote, normal, that couldn't hold a candle to the oh yeah talent that... Uh, that that deaf gentleman has, or the guy with the one hand, or whatever. Yeah. Like, there's no way. You know what I mean? No. That says a lot. Yeah, but when you are... Because just to be in football, you have to be a physical specimen oh, to begin with. Oh, of course, yeah. And, yeah, it's impressive. Uh, oh, so, actually, before he goes to the bar, he's packing up his locker, and Martel walks into the locker room. This scene was weird. Okay, explain this scene, and then I'm going to explain why I think it's fucking weird. So, Martel walks into the locker room, and he's like, Shane's like, okay. You know, he's packed up and Martel goes, that's the problem with what football does to you guys. It's sad. And he goes, what are you talking about? Martel goes, they gave you guys hope. Like, you guys are nothing. You guys shouldn't have this hope to be something. Um, so Falco goes, you're a real class act, Martel. And he's walking out and he says, Falco, you're... You're, uh, you're, she deserves better. You're a sinking ship. She deserves better. Which, okay. Um, obviously he's referring to Annabelle, which, um, didn't make any sense to me because I don't know if I missed it or something, but it, they didn't even establish that Martel and Annabelle know each other. No, they should Or that they knew that him and Annabelle, that Shane and Annabelle were together. Yeah. So, like, nothing was established there. And it was weird, and it just came out of the clear blue sky, and it it made it seem like, because after this, Shane, like, he does go to the bar with his teammates, and then he tells them that, like, oh, Martel's coming back, I'm out, 
and they do this really nice, they have this really nice scene where, like, they toast him, and, you know, you're a quarterback, and our friend, we love you, yada, yada, and it was very, it was very sweet, but, like, you tell that Shane still felt like shit, so he left the bar, and he just, like, is sulking, and he had a date planned with Annabelle, and he just, like, fucking set her up, and it's like, okay, so you're gonna take the word from this asshole, who you know was an asshole, and you're gonna let him talk about this girl who, as far as you know, has nothing to do with Annabelle at all. Like, it's like, it doesn't even make sense that he knows enough about them to say that, but then he says it, and Keanu's just like, well, I guess I can't go out with her. I guess I just can't fuck her now. (laughs) Okay, I understand what you're saying. My thing about this, what I think it is, because Shane, if you look at it from the very beginning, Shane doesn't believe in himself. Right. He's And especially since he got destroyed in that Sugar Bowl game and everyone brings it up to him. That's the first thing they always bring up to him. Mm-hmm. Every character that meets him goes, oh, I lost a lot of money on that Sugar Bowl game of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you know, and it became his thing that, you know, in the biggest moments of his life, he folds. Right. So when he says this to him and he knows the team basically is moving on without him, he's down on himself again, he's going back to being, you know, he had hope, but it was all ripped away from him. So, you know, I understand, like, the point of, like, yeah, you know what, there's no, there should have been a scene where Martell and Annabelle had any interaction. Yeah, or, like, she could say, like, oh, you know, I I went out with a quarterback once, and da 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Just something to show that they knew each other, and she's, she's an asshole or something. But like, you know, it, it could have been so simple. Yeah, they didn't do that. <laughs> no, they didn't. It, it wasn't. It should have been brought up. It could have. It could have been, especially when she's like, "I, I don't date quarterbacks, especially yeah, yeah, not yeah. anymore." Right. right. Could have that easy throwaway line done. Right. Uh, so as you were saying. No, no, you go. So he goes to the bar. They have the whole toast. He he's sulking in the streets. Annabelle is upset that he didn't show up for the date. She blows out the candles. We go to the next game. Right. Game four. Martell is ready to cross, you know, he's, every, he walks into the stadium, the whole stadium boos. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, ah, look who's getting booed now, bitch. And Martell is fighting with the team. Like, Shane's watching the game from his boat. Oh, yeah, this reminded me of, like, um, you know that scene in Waterboy where, like, he's in the mom's, like, hospital room and the whole town is like down with like a candlelight vigil like Bobby Boucher please come play football (laughs) that's Uh, what it kind of reminded me of we suck again (laughs) you can do it Uh, so (laughs) Martel's fighting with the team he he throws the ball to a spot where Brian's gonna catch it and Brian gets his his fucking head rocked yeah poor man um, they're getting their asses kicked, and Martell is being a dick bag to Hackman, to everybody on the team. Yeah. And so now they're walking to the locker room, and uh, the announcer walks up to him, to Gene Hackman, and goes, "What does Washington need to get back in the second half?" And Hackman hits his chest and goes, "Heart." It's like the fucking uh, what's it called, Captain Planet? Yes. Yes. Heart. Like, yeah, that. Yes. Mati! Mati! Uh, 
heart. Miles and miles of heart. Yeah. I could stay young and chipper, and I'd lock it with a zipper if I only had a heart. Which is like, okay, cute. Like, I get it, because Mar Martel is like a cunt, and he yeah. only cares about himself. So, Keanu sees this, shuts off the TV, and we cut to Martel and Hackman having a fight in the locker room. He's just, yeah, Martel just being a cunt. Martel's being a cunt, and Hackman goes, I'm gonna fucking bet you, and Falco walks into the room. Just like Bobby Boucher walks into the locker room. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Bud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? So remember when Bobby Boucher came back in the flash fire and won the Super Bowl? <laughs> this is like, we, uh, this keeps making me think of better movies that came before it. We should this wear, movie should have came out in the 90s. We should have wore our Bobby Boucher jerseys for this. Oh yes, we got Bobby Boucher jerseys. Um, so, Martel's like, get the fuck out of my locker room! And uh, the whole the crew... Like, haha, no bitch! And, and then he, Hackman's like, what took you so long? Come on, let's and, get suited up! And Keanu goes, traffic. <laughs> and, uh, so they throw Martel out of the locker room. And Falco... So everybody's going out into the field, and Falco's sitting there, standing in the, the tunnel, and he finally runs out in the field, and the crowd goes crazy. He has another smoky... Sexy entrance. But the crowd loses their mind. And he runs over to Annabelle. Yeah, okay. So, on one hand, this was kind of cute. But on the other hand, she's very forgiving. Literally, he runs over to her. And he's just like, sorry. And she kisses him. Well, she's like, she forgives him. And she goes, Dallas is the... And, and he's like, ah, oh, just shut the fuck up and kiss me. <laughs> but yeah, she's very <laughs> forgiving. But then again, Keanu. Yeah. Sexy I'd forgive you. And the best part is this, as they're kissing, John Man goes, He seems to be nectar with that cheerleader. That's what he's doing. Players are not supposed to be fraternizing with the cheerleaders, you know that. Yeah, but what are they gonna do, Pat? Fire him? Is he necking with that cheerleader? Who says necking in 2000, <laughs> sir? John Man's an old man. Uh, but yes, he's necking with the cheerleader. You wish you were, bitch. <laughs> the, the, the players in the, the players in the cheerleaders aren't supposed to be fraternizing. Fraternizing. <laughs> First of all, is that a rule? I guess. I guess. They're... Why would that be a rule? It's not like it, it has any effect on anything. I I think you can. Do, I think the fact that it was in public and on TV. Like, they don't want to see that, like... Oh, maybe on TV. Well, maybe. But, like, still, like... If that's a rule, that's stupid. Yeah. Unless it's, like, a cheerleader for, like, another team. And uh, then I would understand, because then, like, oh, maybe, like, the cheerleaders in the practice and, like, giving... Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, being, like, a spy. But, like, if, if for his team, like, yeah. if they know each other, they want to fuck, leave them alone. Well, they're, like... They're two pretty people that want to make the sex. Leave them be. And they're like, well, what does it matter? He, he, it's, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, yeah, who cares? They're not even, like, the full-time players. Yeah. Like, shut the fuck up. So Steam goes crazy. They start the first play. Uh, Falco throws to Cochran, who scrambles down, gets gets his leg cut out, but falls into the end zone. He scores his one touchdown, but his ACL's done. So he's done. But, but he got his He got his touchdown, though. That's the important. You know, uh, which was nice. Uh, Keanu has a nice little thing in the huddle where he goes, 
I'd like to say something classy and inspirational, but that's not our thing. I like what he did say, though. Pain heals, chicks dig scars, glorious forever. I thought that was cool. It, it was, it's an awesome little speech. That was a cool line. I like that. You know. Uh, so they, they're leading the comeback trail. And finally, they're, uh, they're three points away from tying the game on the comeback. And Nigel's in there. And Nigel's got a 38-yard field goal to tie the game. Easy, because he kicked a 65-yarder earlier in the, yeah, earlier in the games. So he sits there, and he's crying. And Shane goes, what's wrong? And Nigel goes, they're going to take away my pub, Shane. It's all I have. They're going to take away my pub. Basically implying that if he doesn't miss the field goal, mm -hmm. the asshole mafia who's been busting Nigel's balls because Nigel's a degenerate gambler, uh, that they're going to take his pub away. So Shane takes the snap. Nigel flies through the air, and Shane runs it into the end zone, and they call it back for holding. So finally, they're like, uh, they're like, okay, we got we got one more play. We have to score to win. Nigel's arm is broken, so that's pointless, and he How can't. Did his arm get broken? He when he kicked, he shot. He Charlie Brown oh, right, into the air fell, yeah. and fell. He Charlie Browned. Uh, ah. <laughs> uh, so. He's like, okay, who who else wants the ball? And of course, Murphy goes, me, me, me signs to himself. I'm like, yes, Murphy. <laughs> and Shane's like, yeah, me and you, Brian, we'll, we're going to do this. So uh, they go through. Shane throws a beautiful pass. Murphy catches it. Sentinels win. They go to the playoffs. Woo. But not the Sentinels, unfortunately. So uh, they win. Yes. Yay, and then uh, we have another, like, mini connection to Moulin Rouge, which I didn't realize, but they, at the end, when they won, they started playing Heroes by Dave Bowie, and I was like, oh, <laughs> is this the Elephant Love Medley? No! <laughs> um, but, the, yeah, the ending was nice, and sweet. they had, like, this whole thing, like, Keanu with Pac-Man were like, you, no, you, it was cute, and then, uh, they, like, uh, Keanu and uh, Annabelle walked towards each other, have like a cute little kiss too and that was sweet and uh then at the very end they're at the like end zone right yes yeah. that's the terminology yes. end zone yes and they're dancing again to i will survive like they did in the jail cell and i was like oh that's cute okay <laughs> um let me see i, I want to find the, his last speech at the end let me see if i can find it because that's a another his epilogue speech when the replacement players for the washington sentinels left the stadium that day there was no ticker tape parade, no endorsement deals for sneakers or soda pop or breakfast cereal. Just a locker to be cleaned out and a ride home to catch. But what they didn't know was that their lives would be changed forever. You too, Shane. Because they had been part of something great. And greatness, no matter how brief, stays with a man. Every athlete dreams of a second chance. These men lived it. So this whole speech is great because it's like these guys. There's nothing for these guys, but they had that moment of greatness. Yeah, um, that was pretty cool. I like that. It's a nice little speech, you know, because he goes, "Every player dreams of a second chance," and these guys got it. My only issue with this whole ending, because thinking about it in my thought process, mm -hmm. is even though the playoffs started, 
today and all the players came back. There is no way that any of these players would not get a fucking tryout the next season with any team in the fucking football. Yeah. I mean, that's true. But no one's going to say that. Like I said, like, ruins the ending. But I just like pointing that out there at the end. Like, Falco's going to catch on with somebody. Yeah, I mean, they could have did, like, uh, like they, how they do at the end of some movies where, like, oh, so-and-so did, yeah. ended up doing this. And da, da, da. They could have done that. But they didn't. But I feel like that, <laughs> you know, it, it ruins the speech and stuff. I guess, yeah. But... That grass, that was, that's one of the things that's always, like, bugged me, because I'm like, there's no way, like, especially Danny's a great linebacker. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. the only person who might, wouldn't get a shot would be Wilkerson, who'd be going back to jail. Right. <laughs> that whole thing is, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, we'll let it go, because movie. Because movie. Movie magic! So, Frankie. Yeah. That was The Replacements. Was it? That was it. Okay. That was the movie. All right. What'd you think? It was fine. <laughs> it, um, I think, strangely enough, um, we are going to land the same way that you landed. Well, I'm going to land the same way you landed on Moulin Rouge. In that, um, I'll give it, a, in my heart, a 275. Yes. However, on Letterboxd, I'll give it a three. Instead of a 2-5, because I am kind <laughs> and a generous soul. And I did like it, you know. Like, that's the thing. Like, if it's if I like it, I'll give it at least a, a 3, and I liked it. So, um, But I do think that there are other sports movies that do this a lot better. Um, but, you know, it was, it was fun. There were some cute little moments, a little chuckle here and there. Keanu was very lovely and, and handsome, and he did a good job. So yeah, overall, it was it was a solid three in my opinion. I think. Yeah. I, I have it at like a four. Which, yeah, makes sense for me. All right, so that's, that's that's fair enough. It was it was a fun time. Again, not much of a sports gal myself, but like if there's comedy in, like sprinkled in there, I'm usually able to hang. Uh. And this this had that for sure, but like you said that you, you kind of didn't sell this correctly to me because you did say in the beginning that uh, oh it's a football movie, but football's not really the main focus. It's kind of in the background. No, it's not. <laughs> this is a football movie. Uh, I said it was more about football. Uh, it's more about the players. players. But it's... no, it's about football. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know. The characters are, are entertaining and all, but they're not exactly like full rounded characters. They're, it's about they establish these characters and they each have their little quirks, and then they go and play football and they play they play game good. They go catch ball. <laughs> they go catch ball and throw and kick ball and beat each other up and football. That's what it is, and it's not bad. It's not, but it's there's other football comedies, other sports comedies that do it better. I would rather watch Major League than this. To me. Like, okay, well, know. because well, Major League's a perfect movie. Um, well, let's not say that. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's it's very good. But, yeah. This is like, like you said, it's a football version of Major League, only Major League is better than this. Yes, I will gladly admit Major League is better than this. 
I still love this movie. I That's okay. Listen, I, I still love Moulin Rouge. It's okay. Yes. Oh, Frankie. We, we both have our things that are, to normal people, insane and not great. But we love them. Well, I, I also love that at one point uh, during this, uh, when Keanu Reeves says sorry and Annabelle forgives him, Frankie goes, you've known him five weeks. I'm like... Moulin Rouge was like two hours. Okay, first of all, that's not true. And second of how all... How is that not true? How long did the... Did the it wasn't two hours. How long was it there? How long, they knew each other? Yeah, that, before that she said, I love just, you. Okay, well, she didn't really love him, man. She was just like, oh, I'm in love, because she thought it was the Duke. Let's not get into Moulin Rouge again, okay? <laughs> the point is, is that, you know, both the, the romances in this movie are in some ways problematic. <laughs> Okay, let's just say that and be done with it. Both both of the movies, both Moulin Rouge and Replacements, are problematic in some way, shape, or form. But both Scott and I love those movies, respectively. Yes. So. And it's okay. It's perfectly fine. It's okay to like what you like. <laughs> yes, it is. We will see over time. There will be other ones I will show you at some point. Sure. Yay, I'll show you more musicals. You, you're winning. You've shown me two, and I've shown you one. No, I didn't show you two. I showed you one. My mom showed you one. I didn't, I didn't see Mama Mia either. Oh, fine. So you can blame your mother-in-law for that one. Anyway, go check out our Mama Mia episode, guys. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so next week uh, is... The beginning of March, the first Wednesday of a new month, yes. which means Star Wars. Ah! So we're going to be watching Return of the Jedi and talking about yes. that. That's going to be super duper fun. And then after that, we'll go right back to uh, the same old song and dance of yes. introducing each other to movies. Indeed. So until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradox podcast, and I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisberg. Make sure you check out our Letterboxd account at Frankie Sparks and Scott Eisenberg individually and also check out our Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick and make sure you come back every single week on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and Google Podcasts to check out our weekly movie podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye!